You're listening to Legally Bliss Conversations. This podcast reclaims and rewrites the stories female attorneys have been told about how we should practice law, grow our businesses, treat our clients, treat ourselves, and craft our identities as female attorneys. We'll hear inspiring stories from current and former female attorneys, the ones who question the stories they've been told, the ones who aren't afraid to live boldly and step into their own power. We'll learn from women who define success on their terms. Through lighthearted and curious conversation, we'll unpack the challenges these inspiring female attorneys have already navigated. So join me on this journey. You'll be empowered and ready to rewrite a completely new story about what is possible for you. I would love to welcome everyone to Legally Bliss Conversations and a warm welcome to Anna Juneja. Anna is an award-winning trademark attorney at Analaw. Anna helps celebrities, athletes, influencers, startups, entrepreneurs, and corporate corporations secure and monetize their brands in the U.S. and abroad. Anna Law focuses on flat fee trademark filings, prosecution, oppositions, cancellations, clearance searches, monitoring, enforcement, renewals, and portfolio management. They regularly handle Amazon brand registry, due diligence projects, chain of title assessments and correction projects, licensing agreements, settlement agreements, domain disputes and acquisitions, cease and desist, and IP sell and transfer agreements. Additionally, Anna has extensive experience with social media intellectual property infringement issues. Her insider connections with premier media agencies allow her to have direct access to key social media platforms, such as Meta, which owns Facebook and Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Anna Law is the only law firm in the world that offers guaranteed social media verification and account recovery services. Anna Law has a 100% success rate on social media and Shopify intellectual property infringement cases. Anna, that was quite a, quite a bio. I want to welcome you again and thank you so much for hanging out with me. Of course, I'm so excited. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about you. I want to know your story. I, let's go back just a few years and talk about when you decided to go to law school. So, okay, I actually have a terrible reason for going to law school. I don't really have anything I would say in particular that made me go to law school. I really think I just didn't want to be a housewife, and that's why I ended up in law school. Once I got to law school, um, like day one, I was pretty much recruited into like this IP world. And since then I fell in love, like right away, it was just something I really enjoyed. It was something I had some sort of natural talent for and a passion for. And so it was just like the perfect mix. Um, and the reason that I got recruited into IP right away is because I actually have a science background and therefore you, everyone who has a science background that goes to law school basically gets pigeonholed into IP because to um, do patent law work, you must have a science degree. You actually have to have a science degree just to qualify for the patent bar and things. So um, that's why I went into IP right away so early on in law school. But in terms of why I went to law school, I don't have a good reason. <laughs> I left out that I like it so much. I'm in a very similar position because I was also a science major who went to law school who didn't really have like, you know, this lofty reason for doing so. Um, and also, you know, pretty quickly was like, okay, you're going into IP. So let me ask you, did you end up taking the patent bar? Do you do any patent prosecution? Okay, shortly. I do a lot of patent management work and I do a lot of due diligence work. Um, and I've worked um, with, you know, patent attorneys and agents to prosecute patents. Um, a lot of my day-to-day -day is not necessarily like the nitty-gritty of prosecution that kind of any trademark or patent attorney can do, getting things through the USPTO. A lot of my day-to-day -day is more on things like the licensing part side of things and due diligence projects, clearance projects, things like that. Okay, so instead of like sitting down uh, drafting claims all day. <laughs> You're not really doing that. Yeah, I think um, 
I really think of myself first as a businesswoman and second as a lawyer. And I think because of that, I do more of the one-on-one type of projects with my clients or with GCs or M&A teams, because there's not necessarily a ton of IP attorneys with a lot of business sense. And um, if you have it, then you're going to be pulled in to do a lot of the deal making. And, um, you know, really any any trademark attorney can file a trademark, any patent attorney can file a patent, but not every single IP attorney is going to be able to know how to clear a portfolio and, and get a few extra million for their client. So um, that's more of kind of like, I would say my personal day to day, of course, like I, you know, still do the prosecution and, you know, work with other attorneys that do the prosecution, but yeah. So let me ask you, um, when you came out of law school, did you know that you were going to ultimately be wearing an entrepreneurial hat or did you go work at a law firm and kind of, I guess, pound the pavement as a, as a, an associate? So yes, I actually, um, worked at a law firm. Um, and I think it was, what is it called? It's like, you're, you're called some sort of intern, right? And then when you get your passage of the bar, like the official, you become the an associate attorney. But I worked at a law firm. And then like when I got my official paperwork license, I just was there as an associate attorney um, after the summer. And then I stayed on and I worked there for many years. I worked at an international IP law firm. We have like 22 offices around the world. We were based out of Luxembourg and I worked at the US headquarters. So um I did work at a firm and I thought I was going to stay there my whole life. (laughs) I probably would have without COVID. Um, I really loved my colleagues. I loved my clients. I loved my bosses, all the partners. It was such an incredible opportunity I had. I only realize it now because I kind of was the first associate hired. We started as a five attorney practice when I started and now it's like 20 or something. So it grew really fast in like a matter of a few years. And I was handed projects that I wouldn't have done until like I was a 10th year attorney at other firms. I was single-handedly like managing trademark and patent portfolios of thousands and thousands of um, applications and registrations. And um, I think like I was managing and so I was filing and managing like portfolios of 6,000, 7,000 marks, patents, and um, in 200 plus countries. So when I was at the firm, a lot of my day-to-day was actually also not the nitty gritty of like filling out this form and drafting this particular sentence in the application and whatnot. It was really um, more of the overarching strategy for IP uh, globally for brands. So if we're you know, I worked with like pharmaceutical companies, agrochemical companies, companies that release a lot of brands every single quarter. So we would do mass clearance search projects, mass filing projects, and then it's managing everything. So when you're filing one mark in 50 countries, you know, you can never do anything in China that would compromise your, you know, UK or EU mark. No argument you ever submit anywhere. So it's like, having that overarching strategy, dealing with all the foreign counsel, all the U.S. attorneys, all of that. So you were very fortunate to to get that kind of position, right? Because there's so many lawyers that come out of law school and they go into big law, they're doing um, document review. And it sounds like you were given a lot of responsibility fairly quickly. And having that, yeah, you know, having to like actually manage these IP portfolios across the world that they, they had a lot of trust in you as well. That wasn't, you know, that wasn't just luck as well. They obviously like knew that you could be trusted with that type of work. Yeah. I, I really think it, it's actually insane how lucky I got because yes, as at any other firm in the whole world, I would have been doing, you know, I never, I never would have gotten the experience and skill set that I got so quickly, you know, within a year, I had probably done like the volume and complexity of work that people do in like five years at other firms within like the first year, you know, we are doing like mass, but we're, you know, there, I know attorneys now, you know, who they start their own practices straight out of law school and they build their own client base and everything. And, but you know, they've, 
they'll file, you know, maybe a hundred trademarks over the course of a few years, you know, at the firm that I was at, I was filing like a hundred things a day. And it wasn't just US, it was like in the UK, it was in Me everywhere in the world. So it's not like you can just know like one set of rules. You have to know like the core of trademark law and then be able to manipulate all your arguments all over the world. So it, it's like a crazy level of strategy that I had to learn so fast. And at as small of a firm that I was at, um, there's not really like, you just have to do it. Like there, if you don't do it, no one's there to spoon feed you and do it for you. So it was obviously very stressful, very high stakes all the time. And that is a lot of responsibility, but you know, I decided that it was something I really wanted to do. And that's why I kind of like really put everything I had into it and, um, you know, made the best of my opportunity. That's awesome. So you were there until about 2020, you mentioned when COVID hit that may maybe you weren't like you were kind of thinking that you might be in this position for the long haul. So can you take us back to what, what, what happened in 2020 with your position? Yeah. So I, so I left in 2021 and it was really mostly because, um, I think I had, I was definitely influenced. Like everyone was like quitting their job and things. I was probably influenced by that there was that persona that like, right, like quit your job. And also I just think um, I really, really needed to build my own personal brand because I just feel like AI is coming. I think regular standard lawyers are very at risk um, of basically being completely irrelevant and replaceable. And I just didn't want that. And I also just had a really unique in with like influencers and on social media and things. And, you know, they would actually might have friends who are influencers as in like, they create content, which they monetize and make income from, and they have like influence over people's dollars. So people think influencer is such a bad term. I just think it's, if you're an influencer, it literally just means you are, you have a platform which allows you to influence how people spend their money. So if you're posting, you know, your outfits of the days and it makes people buy those clothes, you have influence over money, right? So those kind of people, like standard lifestyle type of influencers, women my age, um, in their, you know, 20s, 30s, they, um, they would ask me for certain, about certain things legally, because I was their friend and they were like, hey, like, I totally got screwed over on this XYZ deal or, hey, did you hear that like about this case where, you know, this influencer celebrity like lost some IP, right? You know, they would ask me questions and like, even when they would come to me for specific matters, you know, my firm wasn't really, most firms don't take clients like that. They really don't want to deal with anyone younger. They don't want to deal with anyone in a newer industry. So there wasn't an opportunity I felt for me to build my personal brand in a completely flexible way. I never really explored that with my old firm, but I didn't really feel comfortable pushing to do so. And second, I just think I, I saw that there was this untapped market and there wasn't really at that time, like a ton of IP attorneys with the level of like expertise I had serving these people. So, and you know, there's influencers that make just as much as corporations. They deserve to have competent legal help as well. Even if it's, you know, an industry that's looked down upon by the legal field, it shouldn't be. Well, yeah, the, the firm that you were with, they probably worked with clients who had legal budgets, right? Like built-in legal yeah. budgets. And so when- yeah, So for my clients. Yeah, yeah. So it's not that, it's not a budget thing. It's like a very, if you don't understand an industry, you're more resistant to it. Yeah, yeah. We're all lawyers, like we can't, you know, do work for free. It's it's always gonna have that cost, but it's it's um being able to help people in a way they actually need to be helped. So these influencers who are willing to pay a lawyer who want legal help, my firm doesn't even wanna, you know, probably wouldn't have taken them. And then they're gonna have to turn to things like legal zoom, which they don't even want to do. So it's like there actually was truly like a gap in the market. Um so there's definitely a subsection, you know, of the population that doesn't want to hire a lawyer. They don't see the value in it, but most, you know, all my clients do. So all our, you know, clients do for the attorneys on social media and things. So we, there was just a gap in the market. There were um, probably firms that helped them, but 
even if you go to some firm or some attorney, if they don't understand your business, they're not going to be able to competently help you. So anybody can fill out the USPTO form and hit submit and pay that $50, you know, that doesn't mean they're actually understanding what that client does, um, how they're making money, which is, or what goods and services they're providing. They don't understand, you know, what they're creating, what intellectual property is actually associated with being a creator or influencer. Um, and there are just not that many attorneys who have that experience on so many different sides of social media and, and marketing at plus the, you know, IP background. So I just saw this huge gap in the market and I felt like really it was just time I needed to kind of capitalize on it. I felt like if I didn't, someone else would. How is that feeling of letting go of the, the firm that you were at? What was that like for you? I mean, it was definitely hard because I really loved like my, you know, the people I worked with and my clients and the work that I was doing. I knew that I was never, that I was so lucky to have that opportunity and that um, I would be nowhere, really, I would be nowhere without them. You know, like if I didn't, if I was at any other firm and I was sitting there for, you know, years and years just doing one thing, I didn't have any expertise in like actual expertise in IP because you really don't gain expertise that fast at a big, you just don't, they don't give you that complex of work. So I, I really owe so much to them. And um, it was hard to let that go. Of course, I was very privileged and I completely recognized I was so privileged. You know, I, I had, you know, my spouse's income. I didn't really have to worry about things financially, you know, if something were not to work out. And I had a lot of social capital, you know, I was at a good firm and had something not worked out, I could have gone back. It's not like I was doing something, you know, so harmful, you know, to my career. So um, now I do feel I'm more at the point of like non-return, but at the time, you know, I feel like if something didn't work out or I didn't like it, it would have been okay. I, I would have had options, you know. Right, right. And I thought like, I'm in such a secure position. I have to take this chance. Sure. That's perfect that like you recognized a need in the market and everything kind of seemed to align for you to recognize that and to be able to take the leap. So what's been your favorite thing so far about having your own practice? Um, my favorite thing so far is definitely the clients, you know, that I work with. I loved my clients that I worked with at my other firm, my old firm, because, you know, you work with people every single day for years and, you know, you get to know them. And, um, once you know, people's business so much, you, you understand their risk tolerance level, you're able to anticipate what they want. It's such a good relationship to have long-term relationships with your clients. Um, and I love the business side of things and they love that about me. Um, so it was a great feeling, but at the same time, now I get to work with people in this very exciting industry. Like I think the creator economy is so exciting. I think web three is so exciting. Um, and there are just a lot of really unique cases that I get to work on with such incredible people. You know, I think that like an average YouTuber um, who, you know, has to brainstorm, script, produce, edit, you know, manage a YouTube channel is so talented compared to like maybe a standard Hollywood actor that just shows up and says some things, you know, there's a, there's a difference in the level of like talent and grit you need to make it as a creator versus kind of what was around, what's been around forever. So the barrier of entry is lower now for people being able to monetize, you know, their IP in that way, but it'll, there's a lot of competition now. So only the best succeed. And that's kind of like who our clients are, right? You're only the people who are really successful are going to be looking to launch brands and, and protect their IP and things. But the people I get to work with are incredible. I'm like in awe of them every day. So that's my favorite part. So what is, okay, so I should have asked that one um, after this one, but what's been the hardest part? You know, the hardest part of having my own firm is definitely just being like a business owner, you know, dealing with staff, dealing with um, having to figure things out, dealing with, you know, figuring out your own regulations, your own 
systems, processes, dealing with people, obviously, you know, managing your people is definitely the biggest headache of like any business owner, I feel. So um, that's definitely been the hardest part. And also like as a business owner, when you start to grow your business and you add people on and you start losing control over what you wanted to do, like I don't even have control over my own social accounts anymore. You know, I don't know what, I don't get to, I don't get to just free for all and like go on there and post whatever I feel like doing. It gets taken down if I do stuff like that. They have a strategy and they want to follow it and all of that. So you lose control of like certain things I feel that people really liked about me and that's unfortunate, but it's just part of growth. You have to let go of some control um, and that's okay. So that's been, a, that's been the, the hardest part actually. That's interesting that you say that's okay, because I feel like for a lot of people, that is one of their biggest resistance to growth, right? It's kind of once they start feeling like they are having to allow other people to do other things, because we do tend to like to control. Um, but that's interesting that you've been able to have a good mindset around that. Yeah. I mean, it's not easy. It's like, you just want things to be the way you want them to be like comfortable and easy, but that's, you know, everything, every single component of business is like a science now, whether it's social media, whether it's regular marketing, whether it's, you know, how you respond to emails, whether it's um, like automating, you know, reminders, every single part of business is a science and you can look to optimize things. So that's like, as you know, business grows, you really have to focus on that. You can't just focus on, you know, oh, the good old days where, you know, I answered my own DMs and like, it was so fun chatting with people. Like, no, I'm never really probably going to have that again, but you know, now I get to like help a lot more people and I get to like be able to produce a lot more valuable content. I get to automate reminders and things like that to people where, so no one's having that headache. So that's all been, you know, just part of what, you know, growing the business. So when you look back over your whole career, what, what has been your biggest obstacle? Just, um, as an attorney. Yeah. Or as, you know, a, a female attorney who also wears a business hat these days, because you're obviously, like you said earlier, you know, you're primarily businesswoman and who happens to be a lawyer yeah I think I'm really lucky like you know IP is not a field where you need to be an older white male to be successful there are still fields of law I do not feel that I would be successful as like a criminal defense attorney or certain types of attorneys that have to show up and there's going to be biases and things. You're not going to get good as good case results. They're just not. That's statistically shown. I'm very lucky that, you know what, um, nobody's ever going to see me, you know? <laughs> so it's really unfortunate. It's very unfortunate that we live in like a world like that, but I'm in a very favorable field of law to be kind of anonymous the legal work at least yeah I've never really thought about that that's a really interesting perspective I I really don't think I because I I say this because I know how other lawyers treat me when I go to lawyer networking events like they always think you're like five years old they just think you're totally incompetent and that is just an inherent bias that society has and it is what it is definitely a battle to be fought but in terms of my career I'm lucky I don't feel like I have to fight that in my field in my specific area so I've really been able to focus on just the actual you know skill set instead of worrying about that which would be so it's so dis it's so unfortunate that women female attorneys in other fields do have to deal with that um, and it, it, you know, they're not as good of attorneys as they could have been if there aren't biases, not, they are great attorneys, but because of the biases, they don't get, you know, the results that they should get all the time. And they're always having to kind of battle that rather than honing their skills. Exactly. So in terms of like the, the hardships of being a female attorney, I'm really lucky that I don't have to deal with too much of it in terms of in my whole career, what's been the hardest? I mean, obviously your age is going to be a big factor. People are definitely going to 
consider that you're not competent or who like what do you you don't know what you're talking about um those kind of things always come up but I also have so I have very like specific expertise and specific things that you know people come to me for you know so that's the flip side of it you know so I'm curious who who inspires you or what inspires you I think my biggest inspiration is my dad um because he is just like I don't know I don't I can't even describe I can't find like a one word thing to describe him but he is just such a hustler and you know he came to this country with literally nothing and he's built this so many actually he's built multiple like insanely large like multi multi eight figure businesses in like a matter of you know a couple of decades and um just like the way his brain works how pragmatic he is as a businessman he's a physician um and my mom is a doctor as well but the businesses that they've built especially my dad like the businesses he's built the way that he approaches businesses and just that really pragmatic business first mindset has truly transformed my legal career because you can any lawyer not any lawyer most lawyers can write a memo to you about your their field of law and they'll tell you the law they'll tell you what they think about it they'll write a great law school bar exam type of essay it's useless to any corporation or business it's really useless you have to under like being able to understand business objectives and being so pragmatic about how to achieve them and assess risk tolerance levels and creative ways to mitigate risk or you know, obtain better outcomes that only comes from somebody who's like actually had to grow and build, you know, businesses from scratch very quickly. And so my dad is the only person I know really that's done that, you know, that I'm that close to that I can go to all the time. So he's definitely the person that inspires me the most, like, (laughs) and, um, I feel like even in legal terms, like he has done so much in the business field, like lawyers go to him for advice, actually. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Well, that's that's on his dad. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's really like, he is um like incredible. He's my biggest inspiration for sure. And I'm sure he is uh, one of your biggest fans. Oh yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> he like, checks my Instagram every day. He's like, oh, you, he's like, why don't you have a hundred K yet? He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> what's wrong with you um no he's like he um he loves it he like watches all my videos he like loves what I do um he like always like to bounce ideas off him about business is great so I'm really lucky to have that yeah so okay shout out to your dad where did he immigrate from oh um I'm I immigrated as well from India so we came here my family came here when I was like two or three okay so you were very young when you moved here it's amazing yeah so when you like what is the biggest problem that you're seeing right now and it can be in business in general for influencers or in the legal field in general that you want to solve so the biggest problem I think I see in transactional work it's going to like combine everything so the biggest thing I see is that there is just a lot of um resistance to proper like legal services okay by lawyers by law firms so obviously we all know like traditional law firms traditional lawyers benefit and make a lot more money by being inefficient and actually bad lawyers so that system is so ingrained and incentivized that there's actually amazing tech out there now like i don't know if you do trademarks in particular or if you do other things in IP, but like, you know, the AI search features for patents and trademarks is like, it's incredible now. It's like one second can do what a hundred attorney hours will take. So, you know, there's already really incredible tech out there, really incredible AI that not that, not, not many people are using at all. They don't want to use it. Um, There is a lot of discrepancy with you know, there's, there's a, there's a huge lack of accountability in the legal field, which causes rifts with clients. And in the transactional field, I think people don't think that there needs to be a lot of trust between the client and attorney. But in my opinion, you absolutely do. Like it should be like your lawyer should be like your partner. Like there should never be 
like so much resistance, like, oh, I can't go to my lawyer. I can't like clear this with them or I don't want to work with, I'm going to work with three different law firms because, you know, they're all price gouging me and I'm going to piecemeal on this project. So all of that kind of stuff, any sort of rift in that attorney client relationship and transactional work is going to reduce good outcomes for clients. So I think, you know, that the lack of accountability with traditional law firms and traditional lawyers, the um, basically incentivized inefficiency, which is our model so incentivizing being so bad at your job and d like there's no reward at all whatsoever in traditional law firms to do anything better to use the ai that's way more accurate than human and to use it as a tool um so you know it's never it's at this point in time it's not replacing a lawyer's mind you have to go through everything with a fine-tooth comb just like when you work with you know foreign counsel you they're always going to say, oh, it's great file. Give us the money, right? You have to like put your own brain into it and think about what's best for the client. Same thing with AI, use it as a tool. Um, but people don't, lawyers don't want to do that right now because they have not been able to figure out a way where they can be more efficient and, you know, increase their revenue. Right. Yeah. And law firms are particularly, they've always been slow to change right? So this is going to be even more challenging when something is kind of, when you see it being as super efficient, but it's kind of bucking that, that efficiency and pushing down their revenue. That could be a very yeah. scary thing for law firms. Right. And that's something that they're going to have to, you have to figure out a different model then, um, or figure it out. Like that's part of being a business, but you know, in terms of if, if it's going to take a long time to change, I don't think it is. I think that there are companies out there, um, that will just replace competent legal help. And that's what is the worst part. Yeah. Like people, like if you look at legal zoom increase, like 16% in one year, last year, there's a reason, right? Cause nobody wants to deal with a lawyer that's, going to charge probably, you know, at least twice as much mm -hmm. and potentially is not going to be a good experience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, these other legal tech, legal service provider companies that are not law firms will replace traditional law firms to the detriment of clients, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. So let me ask what, um, what do you want the audience to know about Anna? And keeping in mind the audience would be primarily uh, female lawyers, maybe maybe a few steps behind you. Um, what, what do you want them to know about you? So, okay, I, I'll tell like, I guess some like really good advice that I wish someone had told me yes. when I was at my firm. <laughs> and that is like, you are always going to feel like you can't do something or like it's not the right time or that it's too late. There's always going to be like things that will want to hold you back from doing whatever it is, whether that's just getting a new job or whether it's starting your own practice or joining someone's practice, whatever it is. Um, it's the barrier to entry has never been lower. It's never been easier to, you know, do things for yourself. It's never been easier to, there's never been a better time. Like there's, and I really think this opportunity though, this opportunity window of so easily being able to go out and like start your own very successful firm very quickly with social media, this opportunity is here for like another year or two. And then I think there's going to be so much legal marketing money on social media, unless web three really pans out and provide some new opportunity, like you know, the opportunity that we have right now is like female attorneys, or if you're younger or anything like that, if you really want to go out and you want to do something significant in the legal field, now is the time to do it. Do you think that particularly applies to intellectual property, specifically trademark work, or would you say? Oh, I think IP is the hardest field. Like this is like, no one wants to hear about trademarks. Like, let's be real. Like it is so hard to make content that people care about. Um, it, it takes a lot of skill and like experimentation. If you're any other type of attorney, I feel like it's so much easier, like criminal law, immigration, like doing hot topics. Like it is, IP is the worst, is one of the worst fields because it's hard to create good content with IP and transactional work. It's so boring, but, um, that's a skill too. Like making people care about something that is hard 
to make people pay attention to is a, is a big skill set. But you can it's you can learn it right now. Like that if there's never been a time before ever in history where regular people could make money because you always had to pay for marketing before. You always had to pay. There's never been a time where you can go out and spend 10 seconds making a video that gets a million views. Like I don't think people realize the impact like, and the opportunity, the, the window of opportunity they have like right now, that's not going to be here forever. Let's take a quick pause for a message from my sponsor, Prominent Practice. Are you thinking about a career transition from big law or partnership to a solo practice, selling your practice, or maybe you're launching a project unrelated to law? Whatever the reason for your transition, you'll need support along the way. Enter Prominent Practice, an executive consulting and marketing firm specializing in branding, positioning, and reputation management for transitioning attorneys. Founded by a female entrepreneur who spent a decade building smart digital platforms for thought leaders before pivoting to focus on high-end service providers who were preparing for successions, mergers, and acquisition events in their businesses. If you're thinking about making a big business move, don't risk losing the ability to leverage the reputation you've spent your career building. Let Prominent Practice be your guide. Visit prominentpractice.com slash bliss for an exclusive introduction. So I would say anyone listening to this, if you're hesitating, like get your act together and get started. Anna <laughs> says, get your act together. <laughs> A lot of people like they they think about things, they plan things, and like women especially like hesitate a lot to do things that you know are significant. There's a lot of considerations like that people have. Uh, like I said, I was incredibly privileged, and I want to recognize that that not everyone can just up and leave at the snap of their fingers and do whatever they feel like doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not every you know some people have unsupportive spouses, or you know they have like. Uh, family, child problems, things like that. I get it. Women face more of the burden for that. But if you're in an, if you're in a spot where you have a chance, like it's a disservice to yourself to not take it if you want to. Mm, I love that piece of advice. Yeah. Uh, if you could write a note to yourself to honor the day that you graduated law school, like and having, like if in, from your current position now, like looking back what little nugget would you give her? I would say, this is terrible, but I would say um, work a little less hard and worry about networking a little more. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, it's unfortunate. Law students listening to this are like first, second year attorneys. No one is necessarily going to remember every single nighter that you pulled for them but they will remember if you send them a birthday card. Ooh. So just like it is actually the most valuable skill I feel that I have now is that I feel like I can like I can make people like me pretty quickly. Like be friendly, happy with like that is I can't tell you how incredibly valuable that is or being able to make a 10 second video and make people actually care about you and like what you're saying like making people like you being able to sell your personality is the single most important skill that you should develop right now like today as a lawyer as a female attorney it's going to be more valuable for you than 20 years of experience these are some amazing words of wisdom yeah so if i could go back to the day i graduated law school yeah. that's what i would do work a little less hard and just network a little more and like network. no one's gonna remember the extra hour you put in right or like you checking the, your email at midnight and responding to them, but they'll yeah. remember, they'll remember, like you said, like the birthday card or like the call that maybe you made to them just to check in on them and see how things were going. Yeah. So every, and then another thing, which I never, I don't think I, I always knew this, like always, but your network is your net worth. Like you, you never know when someone's going to need you. You never know when you're going to need someone. You never know what opportunities people are going to come to you with. Literally, you never know what you know is going to happen to people ever so Did you hear that from your dad <laughs> no I didn't hear it from my dad and I don't think he implements this as much as me but I don't I think he doesn't need to I think he you know at this point in life he has a lot more like social and financial capital it's like people like me are like hustling to get with people like him so it's like but at 
time, like I've used, obviously my family's network, use every opportunity you can with your network, use your family's network. Don't be ashamed of it. Like it's, everyone has their blessings and, and, you know, hardships in life, but use your, use your network, use your family, your friends, get with everyone, make sure everywhere that you go, every single person you ever meet in your entire life should know what kind of attorney you are, what you do, who you are. That's it. Like they don't need to know all the things about you. But like, make sure, like, I would never, I don't know anyone I would meet and not tell them I'm an IP attorney because you know what, they might follow me on Instagram and three years later, they'll DM me and be like, Hey, my boyfriend started a business. Like, you know, can we get, you know, on a phone call with you? And you know, there you go. There's 50 K in your bank account in the next week. You never know who is, who you're going to meet. Never burn a bridge, you know, always be available and open and like keeping your eyes open for opportunities whether like with law or not I think people just there's so much opportunity out there making sure like people like you and then making sure that you're they know what you do as a female attorney use it you know it gives you a lot of credibility I don't think people would I don't I would not have gotten the opportunities that I get today if I wasn't an attorney like not legally speaking you know I've I've invited to like board meetings I'm invited to you know on podcasts to do certain things I wouldn't be doing that if I wasn't an attorney so if you're a female attorney and you're not doing that and leveraging it leverage it use your network you know like yeah that's a, it's a huge piece of advice I feel like people don't do that but it's so important you know do you think female attorneys are more resistant to doing that right to to kind of putting it out there like, hey, I'm an IP attorney or, I mean, just compared to men. Um, I feel like they put it out there, but like they don't maybe want to seem as like that, that like they're trying to be elitist and things like that. So that's where that whole like, and it's a fine line for women. You do not want to seem like you are trying to overpower and like be a know-it-all or like on a power trip. You don't want to come off that way. And I get that. I get that. But um, it's that fine line, like you need to make people like you and like, just know that you're really passionate about what you do and make sure that's the one, if they're not going to know anything else or remember anything, that's what you want people to know. So it's like perfecting those interactions with people um, that will give you a lot of opportunities that you wouldn't even dream of, you know, as women. So women, women maybe hesitate to advocate for yourself. You you don't have to advocate for yourself in that way and come off so strong, but you need to just make sure people know who you are, what you do, and that you are very nice and excited about opportunities. That's it. Like they don't need to have any other thought about you in their head. If that's all they remember. It's how you but make it, them feel. Yeah. It's how you make them feel. And you need to make sure there's something else actually I want to say, because I see this happen with social media. That's very yeah. dangerous that lawyers are doing, and it's going to harm females more than men. Think about what you post when you are going to complain. There's, it's very stressful. It's very difficult being a lawyer. Very difficult being a female attorney in a lot of fields. Um, and it's a very toxic field. Like the legal industry is really toxic. And um, be very careful what you put out because I, even on my bad days and whatever, and I'm, I love what I do, but we all have bad days. And we all have things we hate about our industry, the regulations, this and that. Be careful about complaining about what you do or saying you don't like being a lawyer or, you know, it's great to advocate and do certain things, but, you know, just recognize the consequences of that. I see it a lot. I see there's literally there's TikTok accounts full of just women talking about how the legal field is against them and or how they like don't like working a lot in what they do and they're looking for a new field of law like just be really careful what you put out because you're you if you really want to grow as an attorney as a professional on the internet I mean your feelings your day-to-day -day feelings of the grind of law is something you should discuss you know with your family and have your own personal support system um, with your, you know, partner, parents, whatever it is, what you put out as an attorney is what clients will see. And you should want them to feel that you're competent, you're passionate about what you do and the best of you. Right. So I think there is, 
you can be really casual. I'm so casual on social. Like I'm literally in sweats all the time. I don't, I haven't <laughs> worn makeup since pre COVID. Okay. Like I'm <laughs> the casual person there is, but when it comes to what personality you're showcasing, you really want to showcase yourself in the best light possible. Right. And po- like an air of positivity about you rather than complaining. Yeah. Yeah. Who wants to go to the, to the lawyer who hates their job? Right. Exactly. But I see it. It's, I don't know why it's how people are, and there it's great to have open discussions about mental health. And it's so important to talk about these issues. But if you're a female attorney and you're trying to build some sort of business or personal brand, maybe that's not your, it's not going to be the time and place that's going to be favorable for you to do that. Mm-hmm. That's, this is going to be so, I feel like people are going to hate me for saying this, but you have enough battles as a female attorney and small business owner and just choose your battles. For me, that's not a battle I want to take on. And I see that as something that is so incredibly permanently harmful to young female attorneys or law students. I see posting about law school so hard. I don't like it. Or my job is so hard. I don't like it. It's not making a client want to go to you. And the clients that you have are not going to feel like you want to be their lawyer. Mm -hmm. That is great advice, right? Like we have to be very careful about putting too much information out there. And I mean, even though we think we can delete a posting, you know, sometimes people can take a screenshot and at the end of the day, anything that gets on social media could potentially be permanent. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like, you're not necessarily going to remember to go delete stuff or maybe you are, but even so it's just, there's definitely a time and place for certain discussions about women in law and diversity and mental health and things like that. And those discussions can be public as well, you know, with in a forum of other lawyers or on LinkedIn and things like that. But in terms of your day-to-day, what you're putting out, be careful what you're trying to do. Like everything we do on the internet is such a curation of our professional persona or personal persona, whatever you're doing, right? So it's just... That I, I just think that a lot of female attorneys don't recognize the consequence of what they're doing. They think they're doing something amazing because they're opening up about mental health. And maybe it is amazing. Maybe I'm in the wrong. But my opinion is really think about where you want to be in your business. And to for me, the most important thing is for me to help my clients as much as I can and as many as I can, because a lot of my clients are like female content creators, male content creators who other attorneys won't help. For me, it's more important for me to do my job really well and to grow my business. That's going to make more of an impact in the world than it would if I wanted to cry how hard, you know, law school was. There's a path and place to do that. And maybe that's some people's battle. I'm just saying like, that is, if that's what you want your, your, you know, the leg to stand on on social media to be, that's one thing. But if it's not, if you were just, you know, if you really actually want to be a professional on the internet just consider what you post out every single thing. Mm, I love that. So you do a lot of social media work, like you're on TikTok and, you know, I know that you have help with this as well, but do you have any other like little nugget? I think that that's a great nugget, right? Be very conscious of what you're putting out there. Um, Does it reflect your, the brand, your personal brand appropriately, but do you have any other like pragmatic advice um, for people who are thinking they may want to do TikTok or? Yeah, I think, um, so it's really different in a lot of fields of law, but it just takes experimentation. And once you kind of figure out what people want to hear from you, then you'll figure out what kind of content you want to make. And you just have to be really authentic with yourself you have to make things as easy as possible on yourself and um you're as a lawyer on social media going to be considered an expert and you need to use that to your advantage so you know write like tips from a lawyer like lawyer you know react something like use that to your advantage like make it really clickbaity about being a lawyer there's not a lot of lawyers out there right now on socials so use it to your advantage um, like I said, the window of opportunity is here, but it's not gonna be here forever. And um the more content you can produce right now, the better. And there's nobody I know that can't spare if you spent an hour a day for the next 90 days 
creating content on social media, you will never have to worry about money again in your life ever. People will be throwing money at you and people don't realize that. I think we need to get better about creating content rather than just being the consumers of content. Yeah, I actually don't go on socials anymore because I feel like I am a creator. I actually produce now I produce quite a bit of content and I feel that as I consume content, I don't want to inadvertently like copy someone or not be original. So I actually don't go on social anymore, but, um, you know, if you're either a consumer or a producer, there's not really anything else you are on social media right now. Lawyers have a good opportunity. If you're thinking about going and building a brand on social media, um, you really need to dedicate the time to do so because usually you have to learn number one, you have to learn to talk. That's the most important thing. Um, I don't know why this is not a more like required skill for lawyers, but being on TikTok actually made me a million times better lawyer because I can actually like talk to people in a way that they care about it. Like your clients aren't going to blow you off as much if you can actually explain things in a way that makes it like, Hey, this deadline we have to do is because X, Y, Z reasons. And this is the consequence. If you can put that in like plain language English and make them understand things, you know, you're going to be a better lawyer for it. And social media will teach you that because especially video content platforms, it's like TikTok is very unforgiving. If you can't meet, like if you, people aren't caring about you and what you have to say, like they will scroll past you. So you, it's like automatic feedback of how good of a communicator you are. So just start, produce as much as you can and dedicate the required time. It's actually a very necessary skill. I would say being able to make, especially right now, like short form video, being able to make good short form video that makes people like you have to learn the skill to make people care about you instantly. You don't have three seconds. You have like one frame. So you have to learn that skill. And then you have to like learn how to communicate effectively. Those skills are actually so valuable as a lawyer. And um, it's like a necessary skill now, because if you can kind of do this whole like short form video marketing or long form video marketing, whatever it is, like you can sell your personality on video as a lawyer. Um, you can really automate a lot in your practice. So I send now when my clients like marks get registered, I send them a loom video or like another type of video they go crazy. Like they love it. It's like, they will literally send it to all their friends. Like it is actually so beneficial to you as a lawyer. If you can learn to sell your personality on video, yeah, not, it, your passion, not your personality, but just very important skill set is like, learn how to talk on video, learn how to talk on video. And you know, it will help you a lot. Dedicate the required time it takes to learn it. Dedicate the required time it takes, you know, to do all of this. It's very important. It's more important than spending an extra hour drafting something. It's more yeah. important. It's going to affect your life so much more. And learning how to speak the client's language. And I guess that kind of comes down to like what you were saying about almost being able to translate complex issues into something that the client actually understands. And really one of the best ways to do that, it sounds like is via video. And I love love the idea of doing a video after they get their mark registered, because like you said, they share it with their friends. Like that's amazing. It's amazing. marketing. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. They're going to have that forever. Like they're going to know exactly what everything means. It cuts down even like search reports, like just make them a quick loom video, go through or memo, like just go through things really quick in there. It will cut down on your phone time. We'll cut down on the questions they ask you. Like being able to, yeah, explain things on video to people will save you so much time, will make them feel so special. Mm -hmm. And like you went so above and beyond because no lawyer is doing that. Like no one does that for anyone. So if you do that kind of stuff, like it will set you apart so much and it's a lot faster. And you, you know, can always transcribe it, right? And have the content within the email so that people can search it later. Yes. Or to read, right? They have that as well. Yeah. So just, just video is very important. It's like really, really important for all industries. But I think, you know, if you're a female lawyer, you want to set yourself apart. It's a great way to do so. I love it. So yeah. I have to ask Anna, what is next for, for you? 
So I have a lot going on, actually. Um, I'm actually starting to thinking, thinking about like expanding my firm services. Like I don't, I'm, I'm teetering on the idea. I don't know if I want to stay just IP or if I want to expand to do more like of a comprehensive transactional, you know, firm. I really um, want to grow my firm, obviously to be like, I ideally like in five years, I want to have like a hundred attorneys. Wow. So that would yeah. be like my dream. So I, I have like a lot of big goals for my firm. I want to potentially expand not to just IP. I'm still on the edge. Like it's great to be so exclusive in a field, but my clients really like working with attorneys that understand their field and they need a lot of legal services, not just IP. They need their, you know, assets protected. They need their contracts and things. So I'm, I'm thinking about how I'm going to expand much more complicated not an IP because I have to deal with all these states and bar you know I have to find like 50 attorneys in one in every state that kind of stuff so it's more it's more um, complicated than IP in that sense but th that's what's nice for my law firm I am launching a TikTok course for lawyers because I it's been like asked for for like a year so it's going to be like a like complete like everything like about the TikTok algorithm, TikTok SEO, voice SEO, how to film, how to edit, you know, what works, what doesn't work. And like actually being able to do things that bring in revenue versus just, you know, go viral. And then like ethical things with lawyers that we have to consider. It's going to like cover everything, which is why it's taking like longer than I wanted it to, but it's going to be like 30 chapters long or 30, like modules long or something so that's next because I think while I love talking to lawyers and I'm like always as to the greatest extent I can like happy to chat with people it is now getting to a point where like so many lawyers are like asking me constantly all the time that I just can't do it like I can't I would be on like 10 zoom coffee dates a day if you know I able to say yes to everyone so yeah I I that's kind of like the big things that are next for me and um you know I have a lot of things in the works like I have like I'm gonna do I really want to do a contract shop for people and you know I want to I'm doing like a hundred percent organic marketing now but I really want to start figuring out how to do all the ads that's like over my head but like get you know another marketing team member and and start doing that and so much is going on. I just want to continue to grow, kind of doing what I'm doing. I have a feeling you're going to. It's. I think the sky's the limit for for Analaw. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, I just. Um, I think it's it's good to be able to serve like the kind of clients that I serve and have some. Um, you no, know, I think there is the legal field is so traditional, and um, no one should turn their nose up at people you know, and I feel like they do. So I want to be able to provide a resource where people who are in, you know, more interesting or newer industries can find like excellent legal services. So they don't have to turn to the legal Zooms or, you know, tax attorney who's your dad's friend who will file a trademark for you and then come back to me and I'll pay me like 10K to fix your stuff. So it's like, I want to be able to provide that resource for people and um, be able to be a traditional-ish law firm who is has that additional expertise of understanding these emerging industries. Yeah, and who's very forward-thinking. So where can people find you? I'm pretty easy to find. So <laughs> my socials are all at Ana Janeja and... Um, yeah, that's the easiest way. And all like awesome. my emails and links are like on all my socials. I'll have a link to your website in the show wow. notes and um, in your socials. And then also if you um, have like a specific link to your TikTok course, which you're going to be um, launching, do you have an estimated launch date of that? Um, I think it's going to be in a month. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think this window of opportunity with social media I'm going to emphasize it again it is here for like literally two more years and mm -hmm. then at that point you will not be able to do anything wow so the people who are monetizing and building their brand now are good but the people who wait till you know 2025 2026 and decide hey it's time for me to leave my firm and 
or I get laid off because, you know, we got this new software that does my job, you know, it's going to be too late. So if you're thinking about it, if you have any inkling that you, you know, really want to build your brand, now is the time. Now's the time to do it. Yeah. (laughs) Words of advice. Anna, thank you so much for hanging out with me. Thank you for having me on. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today on Legally Bliss Conversations. If you love this episode and you want to hang out with other inspiring and light gold female attorneys, be sure to join the Legally Bliss community at legallybliss.com. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at Susie Hickson. See you next time.